I feel like I'm getting a very strange view of Travis's home life right now, like watching endless hours of HGTV with the subtitles on. Like, how many times do you have to read? I love the open concept. And oh, what if we put shiplap up in this house? Like, how many times do you need to read that before you're like, oh, I know what they're going to say. Welcome back to Buzzcast, guys. Another couple weeks in the books. It's good to see you guys. Alvin, Kevin. Good to see you. Alvin, are you, are you there? <laughs> yeah, it's great to see you guys too. I don't know. That was a weird start. I was like, nobody really wants to hear. Everyone would be like, good to see you too. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for having me on the podcast, Travis. <laughs> well, I just, you know, it's it's the tradition. Whenever you interview somebody, like you talk for like 15, 20 minutes at the beginning and you're like, okay, we're going to start. And then you pretend like you've like not seen them. It's like house hunters. Where they like meet and they're both mic'd up, but they're pretending like they're meeting for the first time at this like random you restaurant. You a lot of like HGTV analogies. Yeah, a lot of you. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly like House Hunters. <laughs> uh, gotta, gotta pass time in quarantine somehow, you know? We're gonna add a new segment like HGTV shows from Travis. Like you could give us recommendations and everyone listening to this podcast, go and listen to. Uh, I don't know. What are they? What are they called, Travis? What other shows are there? Well, you got House Hunters, which is probably the one that you've seen waiting in the dentist's office. That's your most uh, favorite one. No, no, the not at all. The only thing I know about House Hunters is the Saturday Night Live spoof that they did on that. Did you see it? No. no. It might not have been House Hunters, but it was something like that where they're like, you know, this couple, he's a dog walker and she, <laughs> you know, crafts macaroni necklaces on the weekend. Their budget is $800,000. <laughs> they're always these insane yeah, budgets that you're crazy. like, how? How is this possible? None of them have like real jobs and they all have millions of dollars to spend on houses. So, so House Hunters is not real. I don't know if, if, if I totally just broke someone's heart listening to this episode. So in order to get on House Hunters, you have to already be under contract for a house. And then they choose two other random houses in the area and they make pretend that you're choosing between the three of them. That's how House Hunters oh. works. I read an article that actually said like often it's like some of them aren't even on the market. And so you'll see some that they have furniture in them. And they're like, yeah, if there's furniture in it, it's because it's probably a friend's house. And it's just like their friend, they're walking through their friend's house like, I don't like this. It looks like junk. It's like, hey, Jim, I let you in my house. <laughs> Never letting you in my house again to film. Why, why do they do that? Do you understand? Like, it can't be that hard to find three houses that somebody could legitimately look at and make a real show. I don't understand the business model. All I know is people like imagining that they can be a macaroni craft artist and have an $800,000 budget. I think it's just the, yeah, it, that's, that's the appeal. That's the appeal. But if you want to watch a good HGTV show, watch flipper flop or fixer upper. Those are both. Oh my gosh. The, the appeal two. of this podcast is going down very quickly when <laughs> everyone's like, okay, I want to learn about the podcast industry. We're like HGTV <laughs> reviews. <with> Travis. <laughs> Uh, do we have any uh, podcasting things to talk about in this episode? We do have a couple bits, uh, a couple low-hanging fruit things we want to uh, talk about and cover. The first one is a brand new podcast app you have never heard of called Pod LP. This is going to be the first podcast app, podcast listening app for India's Kai OS mobile operating system. All right. I'm pretty sure like I only understood every other word of whatever you just said. Kai OS, Pod LP. I have no, no idea about any of this. Stuff. Okay. What's going on? So the TLDR, 
there's a new podcast app that you can easily submit your podcast to that puts you in front of more potential listeners. I looked it up, Kevin, because I had no idea what KaiOS was either. It's the number two uh, operating system for phones in India. Uh, it's on over 100 million phones. And it's like a Linux. It's based off Linux. So, okay. and then a Medium article I saw said it was the most important operating system for phones. I didn't read the article. That seemed a little clickbaity to me. <laughs> but there's going to be get your podcast in front of new listeners. That's always a pretty easy sell, especially if, like Travis is saying, it's a pretty easy submission process. Yeah, you literally go to a web page. They say, put your RSS feed here. You put it there and you hit submit. And they're like, boom, you're in. And, and that's it. So we should actually submit this podcast so that people could learn more about HGTV when they're using their uh, KaiOS mobile phone. Oh, it has been submitted, my friend. We are on <laughs> KaiOS. We are in Pod LP. If, if you are listening to this on Pod LP, shoot us an email to support at buzzprat.com and let us know. I would, we'd love to hear about your experience. <laughs> yes. The submission <laughs> process was very easy, especially compared to Pandora, who has yet to approve Buzzcast. Wait, I thought we were it. Yeah, no, I got an email that said we have been approved with yes. a link to accept their terms of service. So I clicked the link and agreed to their terms and uh, and then nothing. And then I logged in two weeks later and we're still pending. Oh, bummer. Yeah. So, so it's been what, a two and a half month process and we're... Over three months now. Yeah. But if you happen to be one of the lucky souls that is in Pandora... They just launched their new podcast analytics, which if you have logged into Podcast Connect for Apple Podcasts or the Google Podcast Manager or Spotify for Podcasters dashboard, it's a very similar kind of thing. They're giving you data points for their in-app listening so you can see uh, a heat map of like where your different listeners are congregating. They can show you age and demographic data for however many of your episodes are being played in Pandora. And a new data point that I guess makes sense for Pandora, but I have not seen before, which is elapsed seconds. What does so, that mean? Time? Yes. So it's so you can see like how many times someone has started an episode. You can see how many unique listeners you have over a 28-day period. They show you your lifetime thumbs up and thumbs down. So how to start a podcast, which is in Pandora. We have 23 thumbs up and only three thumbs down. So that's pretty good. Hey, Pretty cool. good ratio right there. And so then over the last 28 days in Pandora, How to Start a Podcast has 16,388 elapsed seconds of playtime. Oh, I was about to say plays, and I was like, holy cow, this is huge. <laughs> it's seconds. <laughs> so, so if you want to uh, use a really big number to impress some, uh, some potential advertisers, then log into your Pandora dashboard and use your elapsed seconds data points but other than that it's just another podcast analytics tool as i was thinking about that the other day like that we track podcasts in you know downloads or plays and different metrics depending on which dashboard you're logged into but the main one being your hosting site they're all pretty much uh you know buzzsprout and everybody else pretty much just displays downloads but YouTube is very different. YouTube displays like their main metric is minutes watched, which it sounds like Pandora is kind of taking the same cue and going for seconds listened instead of minutes watched. Yeah. If you think about all the times that somebody has it suggested and they listen to five seconds and they're like, nope, I don't want to listen to it. You get a couple hundred people doing that. Like you can get some really solid statistics there. Yeah. I wonder why that matters. 
Like I have to think about it. In the YouTube world, it sort of makes sense because they only will drop ads in every so many minutes, right? I think you get like one mid-roll for a video that's less than 10 minutes or something, but you can have multiple mid-rolls for videos that are more than 10 minutes. So I wonder if, if Pandora is thinking something similar and that's why they're going to start to track that seconds listened metric up front. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. One interesting data point I pulled, Travis, for Pandora was, you know, when you're talking about all these seconds, I'm actually thinking like how many plays does this actually equate to um, and how to start a podcast, which has actually done really well. It's got over 100,000 plays now, but in Pandora, it has 779. So that's only over the last few weeks. So it's a fair amount of plays. I mean, it's a bit more than the lifetime of what we've ever, it's more than we've ever had it from iHeartRadio or Podcast Addict or Windows Media Player. <laughs> Windows Media Player is actually doing pretty well. <laughs> Windows Media Player, but, uh, the unsung juggernaut of the podcast player space. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just interesting to see, you know, it's, it's there's actually a fair amount of plays if you can get in. So go ahead and submit if you haven't. And uh, hopefully Pandora will approve you, you know, eventually at least within six months or so. So Kevin was recently featured in a widely distributed podcast-related news article talking about podcast transcripts, were you not? Yeah. Uh, James Cridlin from podnews.net and I were having a conversation, and I imagine he was having a similar conversation with a bunch of other people, but we're talking about transcripts, the benefit of using them, sort of the pitfalls of using them, Buzzsprout's position on them. And he took a couple... Uh, pieces of the our email exchange and quoted me in this article. And the article came out really nice. So I was, I was happy to be a part of it. Um, but basically he was talking about transcripts, kind of big picture, the good and the bad. And, and we don't, I don't think a whole lot about the bad, but there are some podcasters who are not super thrilled about third parties that are transcribing their podcasts themselves, like without permission from them. It's kind of, for me, it was a stretch to figure out like, wh why are people upset about this? But then we, as we were discussing, he was saying, well, you know, think about like a audio drama. Those are creative pieces, right? They've created a story. They have voice actors, all this kind of stuff. And now you've just given somebody the ability to consume it a different way. And it was a creative piece that they might want more control over, right? They might want to write it a certain way. They might want to present it a certain way. It's kind of like if somebody had an audiobook and then you created a text-based version of that book because they didn't create one. So you're just like, well, I'll create it for you. Well, they might not want you to do that. Um, again, in the podcasting world, for most of us, we're kind of fine with that because the reasons that people are doing it are for accessibility. So people who might have a hearing impairment can still consume that content or for discoverability. So if Google is going to transcribe our podcast automatically so that when people search Google, they might surface us as a result, we're not going to be too upset about that. But there are some cases where people might not want that to happen. And so the article talked a little bit about that, but then it also talked about the benefits. And that's, again, where I express my opinions more. Buzzsprout is a big believer in transcripts. We always have been. And for the two reasons that we mentioned, discoverability being a big one, but then also the accessibility. Like people overlook that a lot. They say, like, is it worth it for me to provide a transcript of my podcast episodes? And we always say, yes, it's always worth it to make your content as accessible to as many people as possible. While doing that, like you do get this ancillary benefit of being more discoverable, but I don't necessarily know that that should be your prime motivation. Like our prime motivation should be, we're creating great content and we, we believe it's valuable. We believe that we have a message to get out to the world. Don't we want to make that as accessible as we can to as many people as possible, regardless of their 
you know, abilities or disabilities. I definitely agree with that. Personally, I've noticed I've used transcripts quite a bit to share podcasts with people. So I can think of quite a few times I listen to this show called Conversations with Tyler and I will go and find pieces of it that I'm like, that was a really good part of the conversation and actually just copy it and share that on Twitter. And I'm sharing the transcript or an image of the part of the transcript and then with the episode itself. And it's just a nice way to be able to share a specific piece and kind of give people like, hey, here's a little taste of what you would get and why they really would like it. I think they perform pretty well. And then sometimes the audio quality just isn't the best. And so if the audio quality isn't the best for a podcast, it's really nice to be able to go read through a transcript, especially if it's a guest you really want to kind of digest what they're saying. And maybe the audio may not have been working for you for whatever reason. Now, one of the things that I mentioned in that article, and I think I, I don't want to get into it too much because we don't really have anything to announce yet, but it's something that we think uh, is interesting and we're exploring and that is once you have a transcript, how do we push those out to our listeners? How do we make them more available to people as they are listening to our podcast? Right now, there's no way to do that. Um, so like, for example, you're listening to your favorite song in your favorite music player. Let's just say it's, it's either Apple Music or Spotify or Pandora. In most of those apps, I, I don't, I'm not sure about Pandora, but I think so. I think you can switch into lyrics mode, right? When you're listening to a song. Podcasts, you cannot do that right now, which seems to me like that's a pretty logical step, mm -hmm. right? We should be able to listen to a podcast. And like Albin said, there might be a part that we just didn't understand what they said, or we might want to read along as we're listening. There's no podcast app that I'm aware of right now that has the ability to do that. And I believe that the reason for that is because those podcast apps don't have access to reliable transcripts we've got to thinking at Buzzsprout, one of the things that more and more podcasters are doing on the Buzzsprout platform is they are providing reliable transcripts for their episodes. And so as they do, could we then provide those transcripts to the apps? And so we are starting to take steps to be able to do that. We are looking at ways of adding transcripts into the RSS feed so apps could access the transcripts and then they could display them if they wanted to. And we're trying to reach out to app makers to see uh, if anybody's interested in taking the step with us. So it's motivation again, like I don't have anything to announce yet, but I think it would be a, a good healthy step for the podcast industry overall. And, um, as soon as we have more to announce, I will, cause I think it would be very exciting. I would love to be able to switch into lyrics mode as I'm listening to podcasts. Yeah. I don't watch anything on TV now without subtitles turned on. I'm, I've been completely ruined. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if I know what they're saying. It started with like watching British television shows where they'll like say Britishisms and I don't understand them because I'm American, right. right? So I'd have the subtitles turned on so I could read along and like, oh, that's what they're saying. And so now I just have subtitles all the time. So subtitles for podcasts, which is essentially a transcript that's running in real time, like a lyric mode, would be really interesting. I feel like I'm getting a very strange view of Travis's home life right now, like watching <laughs> endless hours of HGTV with the subtitles on. Like, how many times do you have to read? I love the open concept. And oh, what if we put shiplap up in this house? Like, how many times do you need to read that before you're like, oh, I know what they're going to say? <laughs> oh, man. Don't forget, the, do don't forget the recessed lights, Alvin. Don't forget the recessed lights. The recessed lighting is definitely a plus. Um, if there's any, yeah, I think, I mean, there may be people listening to this episode who actually do 
create podcast apps. And if you are someone who's working on podcast apps, I think, you know, we, you're someone we would probably want to talk to about it. You know, it wouldn't just be Buzzsprout trying to drop it into the, you know, into the RSS feed. We'd want to work with people to make sure it was actually a value add and that listeners were like actually getting something, you know, that'd be beneficial. One of the points that I would add though, you know, when Kevin was talking about negatives of other people transcribing your content, a couple that have sprung to my mind, one automated transcripts are not super accurate. We moved from one service over to otter.ai because otter.ai is so much better at transcribing, but there's still mistakes. And sometimes those mistakes capture the exact opposite intent of what you meant to say or what you did say, you know, didn't can actually sound pretty similar to did and not getting that not is a, can be a big difference. And then the other is kind of the reasons why sometimes people will use Vimeo over YouTube for video. It's just, it's, you actually want people to come to your site. And I'm just thinking from like an SEO perspective. And so you want all that transcripts to only live one place on the entire internet. And that be your site and to have it floating around on three or four different sites. Now other people's websites are competing with you for your own content. And you really just want everyone coming to your site to consume it. And we definitely see the value of that because we can see in, you know, our, from our website traffic, we can see tens of thousands of podcasts with transcripts that I can see they actually move up in the rankings once they start transcribing episodes. And so it would really be a bummer that you're going through all that hassle. And then all of a sudden you realize Google is also doing it. And, you know, two other places are hosting your transcript. So we'll link to the article. There's a bunch of interesting stuff in there. Um, some of it you have to take with a grain of salt. Like there's some quote in there about some site that added automated transcripts to their website and then they their web traffic went up 80%. Uh, I'm not sure about some of that, but you can read it and decide for yourself. Um, transcripts are really good. They are there. And, and here's the thing. They're a time investment. Travis will tell you because he does transcripts for our podcast. They are a time investment. Um, and so they're, they're not something that I say everyone has to start with right away. But as you start um, making gains in other areas of your podcast, like we've gotten a little bit better on this show. Like it takes us, you know, if we're going to record a 30 minute show, it takes us about 35 minutes to do it. Um, Travis is getting a little bit faster with editing. He's using new tools like Hindenburg and stuff and picking up gains there. So a three hour edit might be down to an hour and a half now. And so as you're making gains, you might get a little bit more bandwidth to add new things. One of those things worth considering is transcripts because they are super valuable and we are looking for more and more ways to make them um, powerful and accessible for the listeners of your show. Speaking of gains, one of the tools that we rolled out a couple months ago to help people gain efficiency in editing their podcast was Magic Mastering. And we have just completed our third month since launch of that tool. And so I went and looked at how was it doing? Like how many people are using it? How many episodes have run through? How many hours have we processed? Um, and I thought it'd be fun for you guys to try to guess. You up for making some guesses? Sure. What are, what are we guessing? Yeah. What are we guessing? Seconds, right, seconds processed. <laughs> <laughs> seconds. What is it? Seconds, seconds elapsed. elapsed. Yeah. Seconds elapsed. I could do the conversion. <laughs> I could do the conversion. Okay. So there, I've only really have two things that are worth guessing. Um, let's start with the total number of episodes that have been run through Magic Mastering. And this is only one time. So like if an episode, like if you replace, if you run an episode through Magic Mastering and then you replace it a couple days later, 
you replace the audio. That doesn't count. Okay. This is just like original. So how many episodes runs. have we mastered? How many episodes have we magically mastered? I am going to say 6,000 episodes. 6,000. Okay. This is one of those deals where you can't go over. You have to be under. Price is right style. You, you, price is right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's too low, Travis. My, I mean, so I'm going to, I guess I'll have to like double that. So maybe I'm, I'm going 12,000, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the new host? It's not Bob anymore. Who is it? That's Drew Carey. Drew Carey. That's right. Oh. Uh, I, I, it okay. tells you how long it's been since I've stayed so home. So we have a 6,000 guest <laughs> and a 12,000 guest. Actual number? 16,380. Ooh, whoa. That is epically awesome. Right. Yeah. So I'm headed to the showdown, showroom showdown now. That's right. <laughs> you're either going to get a vacation to Bermuda or you're not, depending on how you do yeah. the, on this next question. So this was, uh, I mean, I think that officially puts Magic Mastering as like probably the most successful new feature that we've rolled out in Buzzsprout possibly ever. Like the thing that people are using the most. We've rolled out things like we just talked about transcripts. We rolled out uh, visual sound bites. We've rolled out uh, chapter markers, tools, a bunch of tools to help you make your show as great as possible. This one probably has got the quickest adoption and the, the highest level of success. So we're really excited about that. Did you have a question? No, I was just going to say it's it's awesome because I know this has been a this has been a long term project for us. So like a lot of our projects work in six week cycles. This has been one where we. It's been like, it was like an 18 month process of figuring out what's the best solution. How do we really make it simple and straightforward? So it's great that it's paying off so well. Yep. Seems to be working good. Okay. So 16,380 episodes over the past three months have been run through. How many hours does that work out to? That's my next one. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 12,000 hours. Um, I am not going to do that. I think I'm going to do the math. I'm going for, <laughs> Wait, how am I doing this math wrong? There's 60 minutes in an hour, <laughs> not a hundred. <laughs> oh, oh, now I got it. Okay. How many, I was doing second elapsed. All right. If we're doing that, I'm going for 10,374 oh hours. Price is right rules. You just missed it. It was 10,219. <laughs> You were really close. No way. What did you guess? Like 45 minutes per episode? No, I went over. I said 12, right? I went over. Oh, nice. I I tried to do the math at 38 minutes because I was like, I think the average episodes, I was just thinking, I was actually just assigning this blog post to someone. um, How long should episodes be? And I was, so it's kind of on the mind that I was like, I think it's somewhere around 37 minutes, the average, even though that's not ideal. That is it. So 10,000 hours, 16,000 episodes, average episode length around 37, 38 minutes. And pretty exciting. It's been a really great update. That's good. So that's, you know, a lot of seconds elapsed for Pandora. It's a lot of seconds elapsed that people have listened to, you know, a little bit higher quality audio. Hopefully we've saved. I mean, I know anecdotally in the Facebook group, I see a ton of people say things like, you know, I used to master my episode and then I would upload it from Hindenburg and then it would go into Buzzsprout and do this thing. And they're like, now I edit it in Hindenburg and I just published to Buzzsprout and I already have magic mastering turned on. And yeah. so the rest is done for me. And so it's very cool to see people give exact, I mean, you always think like how the workflows will get better, 
But then hearing just a handful of people say, this is how my workflow got much better. It feels great to see, you know, to see how that works and how it's, you know, just you've actually improved someone's life. I will tell you this. We had a support case come in uh, last week and uh, the Magic Mastering was making their episodes sound worse. And I was like, what? I can't do that. We worked really hard to make sure it couldn't do that. And so I listened and, and here was the problem. They were must have been using like a Blue Yeti or some sort of condenser mic in like, uh, I don't know, what's a very loud echoey room, like a roller rink or something. <laughs> it, it was a ton of reverb and Magic Mastering does not do a good job of taking out reverb and it it amplified the episode, like the volume, the overall loudness of it. And so then it just sounded worse. So just a heads up, if you're using a Yeti in a roller rink, Magic Mastering is not going to solve it for you. But that's, there's only, I think I talked about a case earlier. There's only been two cases now since we've launched where Magic Mastering actually made an episode sound not, it made it sound worse. I don't like saying that. Made it, it didn't make it sound better like it's supposed to. So two yeah. out of what, 16,000 something? Two out of 16,000. That's pretty Those good. Those are good record. odds. You know, what's, yeah, what's, the, what are the odds of being struck by lightning? Is it greater or less than that? I'm really curious. <laughs> <laughs> There is a, this is, this episode is man going off the rails at times. We're talking a lot about TV, daytime TV shows and lightning strikes. So we're looking up all sorts of weird stats. All right. It is, it is a little more likely that your, your, uh, episode is not helped by magic mastering than being struck by lightning. Cause those are odds are one in 700,000, which we can all rest safely at night now knowing that. Oh man. I mean, one <laughs> actual piece of podcasting. <laughs> content that i'll drop here since we're i don't know what this podcast is about now um one of the things i talked to a guy who's a sound engineer for uh turner and one of the things pieces of advice he gave me that was really has always stuck with me is like to make your editing your mastering your production all that easier the best thing to do is just to get a clean recording to begin with and i think about kevin's example you know if you've got a condenser mic that's picking up a lot of stuff and then you're not in the best environment you get a lot of reverb it's going to be difficult to try to solve that you know the algorithms are going to have a struggle with it but we recently threw away a recording that we'd done because the audio wasn't perfect and that's just you know once an audio recording is not it, it, it misses some threshold it becomes very difficult to get it to where it needs to be and so you know, anything you can do on the front end to learn a little bit more about mic technique, which we've got some articles on, or just sound tr uh, treating your room, um, those really help an immense amount and they will make every other piece quite a bit easier. Well said. Yeah, that's good advice. My neighbors have, we, as you say that, my neighbors have construction going on next door. And so uh, I've been sitting here, they've been cutting off every day around three o'clock, which is why we started recording today at three o'clock, but I've been hoping that they don't pop in. Um, for that exact reason, it's hard to get stuff out. And, and one of the, the thing, the tools that you can use, especially if you're doing remote recordings like this is that we all are recording our own local channel. So while Albin's talking, if they start jackhammering next door, Travis could pull that out of my track and it wouldn't bleed into Albin's. Um, so there are some tools that you can do to improve your odds, but exactly like he said, if, if you, if you want to have a good recording at the end of the day, uh, the, the best thing you can do is get some 
the right equipment and the right room to record in the first place. And typically what we recommend is a dynamic microphone and then some sort of sound treatment for whatever room that you're in. And it doesn't have to be expensive stuff. It can be old comforters and blankets. It can be, um, you know, soft pillows thrown around the room, just something to knock down some of the echo, that reverb that, that happens as we're talking in a, in a small space. We mention all the time, like recording in a walk-in closet is a great idea. If you've watched any of our podcasting Q and a episodes, um, one of our hosts, Jalan, she didn't have a great recording setup at her house or so she thought until Travis said, Hey, do you have a closet that you can fit in? And she did. And she went and recorded in there and it was great. The sound was awesome. And so we use that and she's on our YouTube channel and there's nothing, you know, we've seen pictures of ear glass recording in a closet. There's nothing to be ashamed of. You got to do what you got to do to get a good recording because fixing it afterward is usually very difficult, if not impossible. I love seeing all the comments on Jalan's videos because everyone is reading the is writing like, I love your location. That's so cool. I record the closet as well. And it's so affirming, I think, for people to see, you know, your setup that you may have felt like, oh, it's kind of I hope no one like I, I hope I'm not embarrassed by my setup. And then you see other people doing it and you're like, oh, yeah. The setup isn't what matters at all. And no one is thinking it's weird that I record episodes in a closet because that makes perfect sense. So magic mastering, awesome. Makes your audio even awesomer if you record in a closet first. So the last thing we want to talk about today is really a new segment that we haven't done on Buzzcast before, which is doing a feature highlight. So we do talk about new features as they're coming out. We just talked about magic mastering for a considerable period of time but as kevin mentioned there's a lot of features and a lot of functionality built into buzzsprout that unless you know it's there and unless you know like to look for it and how to use it you might not know how it could benefit your show so in this episode we wanted to talk about chapter markers now how long have we had chapter markers built into buzzsprout do you either of you guys remember maybe two years maybe a little more does that sound right, Alvin? That sounds about right. I mean, it's definitely on the order of years. I don't know. There, it, the last like five years of Buzzsprout have kind of been a blur at times where I'm like, I think I remember. I looked at a blog post I was thinking about rewriting and it was from 2014. And I was like, holy cow, a lot has changed in six years. So sometimes my uh, my timing is a little bit off. Yeah. So, so it's been around for, it, it's not a new, new feature. And just in a nutshell... What chapter markers do is they allow you to essentially create markers in time within your episode. So if you have ever gone and listened to a podcast episode and you're like, okay, I don't want to listen to the banter part at the beginning. I just want to skip right to the interview section or, you know, they mentioned something and I want to go back and re-listen to that particular part of the podcast episode and you found yourself like just scrolling back and forth on the timeline, trying to find, try to get lucky and try and find that spot where you want to listen to. Chapter markers essentially fix that problem and make it a lot easier to navigate around your podcast episode. So we use them for all of our Buzzsprout podcasts, even the short ones, even podcast and Q&A episodes, we use chapter markers because uh, it just, again, makes it easy to kind of skip to a specific place in the episode. And that way, if you only want to listen to one, one part of it, or if you want to go back and re-listen to something, it's very easy to navigate. Yeah. And we are preaching a little bit to the choir here because if you listen to this podcast, then you know what chapter markers are most likely because this podcast has them. 
And so the question that I think we would pose to you is, do you find them useful? Do you go back and say, oh, on Buzzcast a couple episodes ago, they talked about this and I want to find that. The idea is that chapter markers would make that easier to find. And that's how we use them. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I can't find these chapter markers. Then you might be using one of the few apps that doesn't support chapter markers. And Travis, do you, do you know offhand like the list of apps that do support versus the popular ones that don't? The one that does the best job, I think, of integrating it into their listening experience is Overcast because it's just the, you just swipe twice on the screen and you can get to the chapter marker menu. Apple Podcasts supports chapter markers. You just have to scroll down when you're listening and you'll go past the show notes and there's a chapter marker section. Um, I don't believe that Spotify supports them. Surprise, surprise. Can't listen to us on Spotify. Anymore, <laughs> so I think we're good there. But I'm pretty sure that most of the major podcast apps that pull their shows from Apple Podcasts now support chapter markers. And I know there's a couple um, third-party apps. I, I can't think of the one off the top of my head, but I was testing one the other day. Was it Pocket Cast, maybe? Pocket Cast or Castro? My, I think it was Castro. Um, supports chapter markers, but it's like a premium upgrade. So the free version of the app that you get doesn't have it. So they made me pay them like two ninety nine or something, and now I have it. Anyway, all that to say, if you don't have them in the app that you're looking at, or listening on right now, um, check and see if they have a premium version and then you can support them and get chapter markers. And if not, you might want to try a different podcast app to see if you like it better and uh, get access to chapter markers and see how you like them. So if you don't use them for your show, we would encourage you to give it a shot. And if you're interested in giving chapter markers a shot for your show and you host on Buzzsprout, what should they do, Travis? When you are in your episode screen where you have your right sidebar, where you do, where you schedule your release, um, where you have the links to Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, and you can email links to the episode and that kind of stuff. On that right sidebar, up near the top, under the scheduling module, you can either do chapter markers or you can do transcript. Those are the two, what's it called? Promote your episode or, or boost your episode. I don't want to say something wrong. Nothing. It doesn't say anything. It's right. <laughs> hang on, hang on. It's right above promote this episode is view edit chapters. It doesn't say mm-hmm. anything anymore. Yeah. It used to say it used to say amplify this episode. Doesn't say that. Anymore. Yeah, I was about to say that, and then I'm looking at it. It just says promote a brand, add a brand mention, and then below that transcripts and below that chapter markers. Yeah. So so it's over there. It's towards the top, and if you click on that, it'll take you to a screen where it has the single episode embed player, so you can play the episode, and then there's fields underneath that where you can add individual chapter markers. So you're going to add the timestamp, the hours, minutes, seconds timestamp of where you want that chapter marker to start. Then the next box that you can fill out is the title of the chapter marker. So if it's a new segment or an ad read or an interview with so-and-so, like that's where you put them. And then to the right of that, you can also use a URL. So let's say that you mention a software that you promote and you have an affiliate code, you could put that affiliate code, that affiliate link embedded as a URL in the chapter marker. So just to make it just that much easier for someone to take action on it. Or if you're promoting, you know, a different episode that you've done recently that you want people to go back and listen to, you can put that URL as a chapter marker. So those are the three main fields that you have to fill out. And then you just hit save chapter, and then it'll automatically drop a new one down. And you just keep doing that process until you finish all your chapter markers. So that's it. If you, uh, if you enjoy chapter markers, when you listen to this podcast or others, 
then you have access to a tool in your Buzzsprout account that you can do those yourself in your own podcast. I always appreciate it as a listener. If I sign up or subscribe to a new podcast, one of the first things I look for is chapter markers. And it bums me out when I find shows that that don't have them. Now, I, that said, I will say that like there are certain shows that like from beginning to end, it is a continuous story. So it doesn't make sense to have a bunch of chapter markers in there because I'm not going to go back and like just listen to this little part of the story again. For example, like Reply All or something like one of those shows a little bit harder or less useful probably to have chapter markers. But for shows like ATP, ATP is a long form podcast. It's always two to three hours. I listen to it every week and they they cover um, probably five or six different topics in those two or three hours. And it's nice to be able to just jump and listen to, hey, you were talking about something new in the new iPhone OS or something. And that's what I want to hear. But I have a hard time remembering that that was at, you know, hour 23 but I can go back and I can find the chapter and I can just listen to that again. So that's it. That's all I have to say about chapter markers. Big fan. Try them out. (laughs) Awesome. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of Buzzcast. I'm going to send you somewhere new this week. If you are not yet subscribed to the Buzzsprout YouTube channel, I'll leave a link in the show notes. Make sure you go and do that because in addition to posting the video version of our podcasting Q&A show, we also do a lot of software tutorials, like an 18 and a half minute deep dive into Descript that was just published. But we're also going to start uh, publishing videos walking through different Buzzsprout features. So if you're not yet a YouTube subscriber, then make sure you go do that. And then if you're also not in our Facebook group, our Buzzsprout podcast community, then you can click and join that as well. But thanks for tuning in again for another episode, and we'll catch you in the next one. And if you're looking for any content next week, be sure to check out Flip It or Sell It on HGTV. (laughs) 